This episode of podcast is brought to you by Organic Baby Oil, made from 100% freshly squeezed babies. Mm. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roller Credits, the podcast. The only podcast that's film studio was also a another character? co-host of the podcast. Mm-hmm. He takes over a lot. Like, creative-wise, he's a little controlling. Yeah. Uh, I'm Frank. I'm Zach. And today, we are discussing something that I think is not really discussed often Mm -hmm. when it comes to, like, film discussions. At least, like, not from, like, what I could tell. Uh, People, like, tend to briefly mention it, but, Mm -hmm. like, never, like, deep dive. Um, And that is the whole idea of the environment and the world in which films take place and how much of an effect that can actually have on like the film experience and how much that can kind of almost be as iconic as some of the characters that are in that world. Yeah. I mean, I tried to do like some research on it just to see like, you know, what is the general idea of some of the best? And there really wasn't a lot. Like there wasn't a lot to kind of like say like, okay, well this, this background, this area of a film is like, you know, a star in it. And it was kind of like, wow, that kind of sucks, but also forced me to like really deep dive into like the films that we've done and the films that I've watched to do like some of them that really stand out with it. Yeah. So I broke mine down into like like little categories of like, well, we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, you did a little too much homework. No, no, no. I I, I really didn't. Um, but I I just I don't know. Like I there's like there's certain kind of there's like levels to mm-hmm. it. Kind of is like what I'm basically trying to get at. And and I think that. Um, you know, there are some really grandiose kind of like crazy worlds and then there's more like subtle ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but I think that like, you know, they kind of each have their own place. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to highlight some of those. So Zach, why don't you start us off with right. your whatever? I don't know how many you have. I have, I think like six and then honorable mentions. Okay. Um, I don't know how many you have. No, I don't have that many. I have like probably, yeah, about the same. Okay, cool. Um, so I guess from that, I'll start off kind of like more like somber, easier stuff. Um, the, the world of the lobster from your ghost Lanthimos mm. was one that like from watching it. And from when we did the episode, I think I talked about it a little bit too. Um, the idea of the world that they live in where it is exactly the same as ours. It is completely and utterly the same, except for this one weird thing <laughs> that if you're not with a partner, then you have a month to go to this place. And if you cannot find a partner there, you get turned into an animal. And I think it's just what I mentioned in the Lobster episode where the film feels like two separate films kind of like put together because it's like you get the first half of it where they're inside this resort and again you get that feeling from the background that like you know this resort is in a sense evil but not presented to you that way. Mm-hmm. And then the second half when like they actually escape and go live out in the wilderness it's again the the background the area in which they live in where it's forcing them to act this way and be this way where they have to like live in solitude or go out into the world and only have a partner like especially when they go to the mall and yeah. you have where the cop like stops them is like where's your partner at yeah, it's yeah. like oh she's she's right over there and it's this moment of tenseness where it's like oh fuck like if he doesn't have anybody then he's getting fucked. Like, he's going right back. Yeah. And you know he's going to get turned into an animal then. Yeah. And it was just, like, this really, really subtle way to 
introduce a world. Well, the thing is about like, especially like in that first half, mm-hmm. like the the way that like you're 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 on edge because your characters are on edge mm-hmm. because their whole thing is I need to find somebody to to you know to live to live with and to love on. And if I don't, I'm going to get turned into whatever animal I chose. So there's like this impending kind of like Doom. dark cloud <laughs> over them the mm-hmm. entire movie because they're like, I don't want to like fucking get turned into an animal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's a really good choice. I like that one a lot. Um, so my first choice, I wanted to start off with like the backdrop, the a subtle a subtle world that isn't really. Um, presented in a way that is, you know, like showy and like, look at me. Mm-hmm. It's really subtle, but, um, but like every time I watch the film, the world always just enamors me. And I'm like, wow, that's so just beautiful. And of course I'm talking about Spike Jones's her. So mm-hmm. in her, it's like not so distant future. Like it yeah. doesn't seem like it's crazy far Like away. maybe 20 years. Yeah. And there's the little subtleties about the world that he created that I really, really love. the The whole idea of the way Theodore, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character, like sends letters and like mm-hmm. postage stamps them, and it's like just on. It's it's almost it looks like a flatbed scanner kind of. Mm-hmm. And he takes the letters and he just like puts them onto the screen and just goes bloop bloop and mm-hmm. he and he just drops them in. It's like bloop and he put and he just drops it in. And it's like little details like that, mostly too. Um, like the the way that all the characters dress, it's like yes, it's twenty years twenty years or so in the future, but everybody dresses kind of like old timey. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you like realize that, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. Theodore's pants go up to like his nipples. Oh yeah, he's and got like, like three sweater vests every, on. Yeah, everybody's like kind of like hipstery. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the whole they're taking over. <laughs> yeah, and like the whole world is just kind of. I mean, obviously, it kind of already feels that way. Everybody's on their phones. Everybody's kind of talking to their little headpieces and listening to like their own things. Um. And of course, the whole idea of like Samantha's as as a character because she's kind of everywhere, mm-hmm. you know. Like you, you don't know the, everybody that he passes could basically be talking to Samantha. Yeah, and um, because she's just an AI. That's a, she's just a computer program that it, 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 she's a product. She's mm-hmm. literally a product, and anybody who purchases it has her, and they're and they're tailored to every person. So the whole like idea of like this this like not so distant future that feels kind of hopeful in a way. Um, I know it doesn't like feel like that in in our reality. It's like in our reality, it's like everything's fucking on fire always. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this movie, there's there's a real kind of like subtlety and like just kind of softness about the future that it's like maybe it won't be that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but the little subtleties of, of like the lighting and, and, and how everything is just the, the computer that he uses. And he's got like that video the game video games, console. Like how like he really like, cool. He like actually like the takes his hands. Yeah. yeah and like, like moves it. And, and how he can interact with the character and he's like, fuck you. And the, and the character's <laughs> like, no, fuck you. And it's like all of that. It just, it, it, it all just like comes together in this really just, in my opinion, like a really, really beautiful kind of world that mm-hmm. um, obviously it's a very intimate film and you're with those characters. And that's your main focus, but uh, the world of her is something is is a is a is a world that I I don't think I would hate living in. Yeah, yeah, no. truthfully. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I really wanted to Leave highlight your girlfriend that one. for Scarlett Johansson's voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I really love her. Um, I think it's just 
a beautiful movie and yeah the world really does kind of like open up for you yeah um a world that is in the near distant future that is the opposite though uh is children of men i know i talk a lot about children of men i'll probably shut up after this point but like children of men's world really was just like this this perfect idea of like a dystopian film that you get the information from the world around you I mean, when you have Clive Owens' character goes to see, like, I think it's brother or cousin, whatever, and he's got, like, all of these, like, busted art um, pieces, especially to uh, what, Michelangelo something, yeah. whatever, the Statue of David. Yeah, Statue of David. Um, and it's all broken up. And you just see, like, you know, how the actual world that they live in is somewhat normal. Um, it's It's mostly, like, foresty now. And, like, you have people that, like, have, like, their... People. 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 (laughs) You have people that, like, have their own, like, spaces and, like, have their own, like, ways about them. But, like, for the most part, the world is, like, broken down. Like, it's it's literally that society is crumbled. And then you move into, like, the part of, like, him going to visit his brother. And you have, like, the gates opening up. And then all of a sudden, everything's, like, beautiful. And it showcases, like, you know... Even in this world where, like, society is broken down, there's still a hierarchy. Yeah. And there's still, like, the rich, air quotes, that get to live somewhat nicer because, like, it looks normal in there. Yeah. And then, of course, too, like, there's the the little reference, too, when he's there of um, you look out the window and there's that giant flying pig. And that's supposed to represent um, the, the album Animals from Pink Floyd. Yeah. Because it had, like, that industrial look to it. And, again, it just showcases, like... You know, the world itself is broken down, but you have still these hierarchies. You still have these people that are thriving in the disarray of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. That's um, that movie's so good. Yeah, I'll shut up about it now because I I feel like I talk about it like every other episode. (laughs) Well, uh, kind of like uh, jumping off your back on that one is like a movie that I also talk about a lot, but I really love the world. Um, and it is Robert Eggers' The Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not so much the world; it's more of the environment in this case. Yeah, because it's just an island, right? So you're you're on you're on this small little island in the lighthouse, and everything. It's very complementary of the characters, and not really in a great way because your your characters are fucking scummy and dirty mm-hmm. but so is the island yeah and everything is like kind of falling apart they have to like constantly like there's the constant like upkeep of the island and the shacks that they kind of live in and the actual lighthouse itself i mean when when he's painting it and he's up on the he's he's up on the uh, he's got him like hoisted up on that block of wood that <laughs> that has like the rope mm-hmm. and he ends up dropping them um it's just, it's a very dirty, grimy environment, and it, it's so um, complimentary of these dirty and grimy men. Yeah. You know? And the constant, like, crashing of the waves and the, the, the constant blaring of the lighthouse horn itself and that being there always. I mean, that, I kind of mentioned it, I think, like, two episodes ago. Like, the lighthouse itself mm-hmm. is kind of... A fucking character alone. The horn. Oh, the horn is a character. Yeah. You know? Because I, you're just you're listening to it constantly. Right. And 
the light itself is a character because mm-hmm. you're they're constantly like the the infatuation of it and, and there's something being like that you know something mythical in, in that light the like, weather is a character too. right the, like whole, the weather brings upon everything yeah um and everything about the lighthouse's environment always works um and it and it's just one of those movies that a, I don't really seem to get tired of watching. Like I've watched it so many times. Oh, I know, like six or seven. Yeah, times yeah. I just watched it so many times, and and the one thing that I always am impressed with is how Robert Eggers builds a world. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the witch that he mm-hmm. did, but the lighthouse for me was like really, really impressive when it can't when it comes to showcasing a world built around these two characters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another one that is just built around two characters. The movie that we did for the first episode of this year, Prospect. The oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, with yeah, pa- yeah, yeah. Uh, Pedro Pascal yeah yeah the world that they live like the the alien planet that they're going to like harvest everything on is such a unique character in a sense because it's like you have this world that they obviously cannot belong to like it's just wilderness and it's it's so weird because it's like you don't see a living animal the entire movie like you have no idea like what actually survives on this planet and it's just forests and trees and then these weird fucking like egg sacks that like you have to do <laughs> incredible surgery to get anything valuable out of them yeah but and if you do it wrong then it fucking like destroys it yeah it's like and, acid or whatever but then the the air itself is poisonous yeah and then you have to like the really cool kind of like shimmers of like that purple gradients and like the dust that's settling into that. It just makes this world threatening with being so calm and peaceful. Like you literally don't have anything that the world does to threaten the characters. It's the characters themselves that are threatening each other. Right. And it's something that's odd. Cause like most of the times, like when you have something like that, where characters are stuck in like a forest like obviously something will happen like you know they'll get stuck in quicksand they'll like fucking get attacked by a wolf yeah um they'll fall down a hill and there's nothing like that it's literally just this idea that if you take off your helmet you're fucked you're gonna die like (laughs) the 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 air itself is poisonous if you get shot like it's gonna get into your suit and then you're gonna die yeah um and then there's just these weird things that you gotta dig for but it was so cool and then that mystery still of, like, that purple man that, like, didn't have anything attached to it, but he could breathe it. Right. And it, it's this, again, the situation where you're left with so many questions, but it's nice to have it ambiguous because it's, like, you want more from this world, but it's not giving you too much where it's, like, I, I'm overstimulated by what yeah. is here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that movie. Mm-hmm. I actually like that movie more than I like I think I was anticipating yeah. that I was going to like it. It was pretty cool. Well, it was like a Netflix thing and I was like, "Hmm, I don't, I don't yeah. know." But then like Pedro Pascal is in it and I was like, "Okay, I'll yeah. give it a shot." That guy's in everything now. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so my next environment and world I'm calling the impending storm kind <laughs> of, right? Like there's so many movies mm-hmm. that, you know, there's like you know, like uh, movies that are disaster films, where it's like, oh, the world's ending or whatever. This one's not nearly that ma- really that bad. It's not. It's not on that scale of like, oh my god, we need Vin Diesel to save the day. But <laughs> all uh, you need is family. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it is kind of like the impending st- storm, and I wanna, I'm, I wanna include both of them because they both kind of. He he mentioned how like you know how he referenced the the one movie. Um, for it and that is 
Quentin Tarantino is the Hateful Eight, mm-hmm. and John Carpenter is the Thing, mm-hmm. and that is the snowstorm and the snow that is around them. I was almost gonna put the Thing, like the Antarctic snow base, there yeah. in mind. Um, and I don't know. I just like it. It obviously is a character. It's more of just like how they're trapped because right, of it. Right. Right. And again, like not not even so much of the 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 base. It's more of like the storm, mm-hmm. right? The the weather because that without. It, Without the weather, then your characters would not have been in the situations in where in which they are. Yeah. Right. So, like in the Hateful Eight, if that snowstorm was not coming, then they would not have had to go to um, Minnie's haberdashery, which mm-hmm. means that they would not then have to had gotten all murdered, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, the the you know, there's something about that that movie feels cold. Yeah. Hateful Eight. Like when they like you're shivering just right, watching like when it. When they when they're throwing like the logs on the fire, you're just like, thank God. Like, <laughs> oh, it's getting a little, it's getting a little too cold in here. I have eight layers on <laughs> until the next scene. <laughs> and um, and same thing with like when they're having like the stew. It's like mm-hmm. something warm finally. Um, and I, it's I don't think it's it happens often in where in which you like you feel like that because the dialogue is also like icy cold. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you have. The you know you feel like when when um when he has to what are they called what's his name um whatever that guy that that they make go out and like oh, yeah, fucking yeah. make like a line to go out to uh the the that, uh, that poor outhouse. guy that has to go yeah. out three times and he fucking ob I think is what, yeah. what his name is and then he comes back and he's like I ain't never ever going in that shit <laughs> ever again um but like. When you when you're watching him like throw those like stakes into the ground and the snow is just like coming down and it's like up to his fucking knees it's like God like I would never want to be in that situation yeah and getting the horses like wrangled inside the barn so they don't fucking freeze to death and then you know going going to John Carpenter's thing the thing where it's like when they're all outside mm-hmm. and they're all trying to like figure out who the hell the thing is. And then that one guy actually turns into the alien while they're outside. He's got the, uh, I think he has the flamethrower, but then it yeah. ends up like running out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels so cold and it feels so just like you feel so isolated because they're literally in both movies. They're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. So it's hard just to be like, Hey, I need help. Especially in like hateful eight. Cause it's like, they wouldn't have any way to call for help. Right. So you're but- in the middle of nowhere. You have and. And on top of that, something horrific is happening. And on top of that, there's 35 feet of snow outside. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea of being trapped inside because of snow, the the snow itself is a character mm-hmm. because it is trapping your character, your, your your real characters in. So I wanted to highlight those two. Nice. My next one is, I guess, two movies. Um, so more so the the sequel, but. The world of Blade Runner. 2049. 2049 more so, because I think you get a yeah. lot more That was one it. of mine, so. Mm-hmm. We can um, both. We can yeah. both. Uh, Gush about I, it. Well, because I wanted to talk about that and also Dune 2021's world. Mm-hmm. Did you watch it yet? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of go. Good. They go hand in. I like it. Yeah, I, it was good. It's I, the I, sand movie. It's, a, it's yeah. fucking. I, it's I liked it, it. I just, I guess, I'm again, like, I'm not the biggest sci-fi fan. Mm-hmm. And, like, I would say that generally Dune 2021 was, like, pretty grounded and, like, it, it felt somewhat real. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's very sci-fi. And I just don't, I don't know, like, I just have a hard time, like, I like fully, it. like, being engrossed by it. But, I mean, the world of Dune in it's 2021 amazing. is great. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even the ships, too. 
Yeah. But I mean, with Blade Runner, like obviously the first one, you kind of just get more of a sense where it's like, okay, like this very like Neo Tokyo esque style to it. But I think the second one really kind of like opens everything up about the world where it's like, yes, you have that style to it. But then you get to see like the off planets, like the one where Batista's character is on, where it's very kind of like it almost looks like Seattle. Like it's just <laughs> like farm Seattle, like very gray, very yeah. like rainy, but like very bleak. Um, and then moving to like the the planet where uh, Decker is on, where it's just all like sand and it's got yeah. that like red hue to it. Yeah. And it's it's just this amazing film that like showcases like how lonely space can be. Yeah. Um and then to like the snow planet where like the daughter is on as well. But you get like the images too where it's like, you know, Ryan Gosling's character, like his his girlfriend that like is He's fully just a robot. Yeah. Like her. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. you get like the cool images of like, you know, here's like this one thing that like photo projects her. And it's like huge and yes. massive, and she's like pink and neon. Well, not even that, but like oh, just you mean like, like in the his little apartment. thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then like the little pen thing that like the it's basically like a little like iPhone that does it for her. But yeah. then yeah, like when you see her later on, and she's this massive thing, it it's just this way to like create characters from machinery. Yeah, and bring life to this bleak. Well, because you understand like. Again, it's kind of like it's obviously it like takes place in the future mm-hmm. and it's a very different future than like hers future. Yeah. Right. Hers future is much more like subtle and, and, and like kind of just like subdued while Blade Run 2049 is like hookers everywhere yeah. and fucking <laughs> bounty hunters mm-hmm. with like laser guns. Like it's just it's just like nonstop craziness. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you get a really, really great feel of it. I, I, I think that you really get a better feel of it in, in 2049 than you do in the original. Yeah. And it's kind of like surprising because everybody talks about the original one, like, oh, the world building and it's so good. It's like, it is. It's, I get. I guess in hindsight, it was good, mm-hmm. but now that we have twenty forty nine, it's like this is just not even like compare. You know, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things. But I guess for the time, yeah. But guess what? That I time still, is over. I still think that I love Blade Runner. I feel like if yeah, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like if I watch it, I'm gonna be like, I don't really like this. Yeah. But then I'm gonna wait on it and think about it for a day and be like, no, I love this. There's there's greatness in it, mm-hmm. but it's executed so poorly, in my opinion. Why did why did we have to have a whole subplot of this guy in his house <laughs> for 45 minutes? <laughs> it just has nothing to do. With, it was what a what a mess. Mm-hmm. Well, you stole mine, so why don't you go to the next one? I thought you wanted to talk about Dune. Well, yeah, Dune was great, right? Like, I mean, it's sand. A lot of- <laughs> <laughs> it's the sand it's movie. It's a lot of sand. The worms, the giant worms. Mm-hmm. Um, sand is a drug. Yeah, the ships are really, really great. Oh, I, I love the dragonfly ships. Yeah. I think they're so... It's some. It, it's weird, because it's like stuff like that. It's like, it's so like, duh, fuck yeah, like obviously. <laughs> but like when you see it, it's like, oh my God, that's so cool. Why yeah. didn't no one think of that? Yeah, I, lo- I also love the different like like the outfits that everybody's mm-hmm. wearing, like the clothing is also like in a really important part of, in Dune and like understanding like who's part of what the mm-hmm. eyes glowing, obviously because of the, uh, the spice. Yeah. Um, and like, you understand like these people have been mutated because they're there for so long and you know, all that. Um, and like, even when, when they're on like their, their, uh, their home planet before they go over to, to the sand mm-hmm. and you're just like w- with Josh Brolin and like when they're doing like their fight and then they have the, uh, 
the like shields that they have mm-hmm. on themselves when they're doing like their combat. Yeah, it's a which, lot better. A, than, was much better than yeah, uh, da- much David better than David Lynch's. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that. Um, and it, it it's just like it's cool. Like it, you just you get you're getting a full understanding of because that's the thing right about Dune. For me personally, the way that I was looking at Dune 2021 was. It wasn't so much about the story; it was more about the world, mm-hmm. and and you understand a lot about the world way better than you do in David Lynch's one. And he did it; he t- he dialed it way back when it comes to like exposition. Yeah, and the exposition the exposition that he does give you is done, I think, in my opinion, way more like organically mm-hmm. than in David Lynch's, where it's just like. I mean, the opening of of David Lynch's movie is literally a woman just telling you like like what, everything and what's mm-hmm. going on. You're just like, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's just so much of that. Mm-hmm. And, and in and 2021 Dune, it's done way better. Yeah. Uh, and you know, big fat guy rising is pretty oh, cool. That was so cool. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, my last two are what I think more so where it's like the the background and like the environment isn't of itself the character. Um, it's the driving force for everything. Um, the first one being from the movie The Platform. Ah, the, yes. The idea the itself. The platform itself. The, the platform itself, the, the tower that they live in, the fact that like once a month like you change what spot you're in and they basically just like drug you and move you randomly. Yeah. Um, it's, it's something that when we did it, I was like, wow, this is really, really cool because again, it's such a, like, a simple idea. And yet the idea of this platform of food just lowering down and you get like one minute and then it lowers down even more. And it it was just like, again, this driving force where it's like, this is life or death. Like this is the plot. This is the character. This <laughs> is the design of the film. Yeah. And everything outside of it is normal. It's our world that we live in. And it brings up this idea where it's like, you know, who's to say there isn't this fucking platform somewhere in the world? Yeah. Um, because it it could honestly be, but it's just the again this whole thing of this is the platform, this is what it does, this is how it works, and it becomes the character because yeah. that's all you know yeah. for the two hours that you're watching this. That's all you get is like, hey, this is is the platform. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So. My last two kind of similar, I guess, in a way where where they're they're both very similar to each other. Um, but I'm kind of calling these like iconic, like the iconic worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one that I wanted to mention was the world of the Wizard of Oz. Mm. In you love that. Movie. I love that movie. It's so good. It's my favorite movie as a kid. It's mm-hmm. still one of my top five. Um, the Wizard of Oz's world is almost if not more famous than the characters themselves i mean when you yeah when you think about the wizard of oz like some of the first things that pop into your head are yes of course dorothy and the tin man yeah but you think about the red ruby slippers you think about follow the yellow brick road you think about the castle that the witch lives in there are all there's all of these things in the Wizard of Oz that are so iconic, and you think about the Munchkins, you think about the Wicked Witch, you yeah. think about her sister, um, you think about the house falling on on the witch, and then the the fucking stockings rolling up. Mm-hmm. There's so many things about the Wizard of Oz. About the dwarf the world. that hung himself in the background. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, that's uh, not confirmed though. Not confirmed, but probably likely. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, the whole idea and 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 the whole concept of the Wizard of of Oz um and and the world of Oz to me is one of the only worlds in like the whole kind of mythical type of thing where I'm like god, it's just it's so iconic. Mm-hmm. Like I could care less about fucking Harry Potter's world mm-hmm. and I can care less about the Lord of the Rings world, but like the Wizard of Oz world and especially how it's presented to you where in the beginning the whole movie's in black and white mm-hmm. and then it and then it opens up to that color and it's just like oh my god mm-hmm. and it's just so grand um and and just following dorothy around and, and learning about the world the trees that come alive and throw oh, the yeah, apples yeah. at them there's so many things that are just so iconic mm-hmm. um and I, and i had to mention it because again a is my childhood is like i fucking love that movie but b when I really, when I was thinking about it, I'm like, of course, the Wizard of Oz is in here because it's got one of the most iconic worlds in all of film history. Mm-hmm. So it had to be in here. Nice. Okay, last one for me. Bum bum bum. The hotel from The Shining. I knew you were gonna say it. It's that is the be all end all that of is. like the background <laughs> is a character. It is literally living, breathing horror in a hotel where. You have three characters that are stuck, and it's driving them insane. I mean, just the the elevator scene with the blood. Yeah, it's it's literally the hotel invoking fear, like trying to scare Jack Nicholson's character and and Wendy and Jack, like just trying to scare them out of the place, and then ultimately driving them insane. It's just. It is a character. Like we've talked about it a lot, but like it is the character. Yeah, I mean, when 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 everybody, when people who are fans of The Shining, when they talk about The Shining, they pretty much, I mean, yeah, they talk about Jack, but they talk about the hotel. Yeah, and what the hotel means mm-hmm. and what that hotel does, because I mean, the fact that you're basing there, there are full blown film analysis done that are just on the hotel. Mm-hmm. The movie Room 237 is literally just about the hotel and the layout and what everything means about it. Yeah, so I mean, if you're having a building that is being analyzed that deeply uh, and and has multiple different opinions and nobody can agree on anything mm-hmm. because everybody's opinion on it is different, um, clearly and obviously... And Stanley that Cooper hotel, can't even say anything about it. <laughs> uh, obviously, yeah. the hotel is, is a, a, a serious character. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good one. Yeah, of course it it had to be in here, obviously. Um, so my last one that I chose was a world that I absolutely adore and it's a film that I absolutely adore. Um, and maybe we'll do it as, as like one of my, my final, like feel good film. Stuart Little. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've actually never seen those. Mm. Um, I want to talk about Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Ah, you know, I, it's funny when you like, you brought up. Wizard of Oz, I was almost like, yeah, Charlie... Charlie! Charlie! (laughs) Like, Willy Wonka's factory, like, obviously. Yeah. That kind of, like, goes hand in hand with it. Right, and that's what I meant by, like, they're kind of, like, close Mm -hmm. to one another. They're... The the Chalka Factory, I mean, as a kid, you you wanted to go. Oh, yeah. Like, you you needed to go because of, like, how much sugar and, like, how much candy there was. When when they open up into the room where they have, like, the chocolate river... Mm Mm-hmm. And the flowers it's are edible. It's so iconic. And and he like he has he drinks out of the flower and then he eats the flower because mm-hmm. it's like a cookie kind of. Yeah. 
and the whole river that is chocolate that kind of looks like sewage at this point but <laughs> it didn't that's like the only thing that didn't age well in that movie is like oh it just looks like shit water but uh <laughs> that's okay a fat kid got stuck yeah, in it yeah um but there's so many iconic things about that movie i mean the hands where they when they oh. when they when they throw their mm-hmm. jackets up and the hands are like they they're actually yeah, they like real everything. hands and they grab the oompa loompas mm-hmm. are running around the, running the bubbles up. like burping to like yeah, get bu- them yeah exactly the the um the wallpaper that that he has the mm-hmm. room that fucking gets smaller and smaller yes. and smaller the fucking list of like you entering here <laughs> like you can't, like these are the things you're allowed to do these are the things you're not allowed to do this is how you can't yeah. sue us and it just gets smaller yeah. and smaller and smaller <laughs> into the fine print i mean even like to the last almost like one of the last shots where charlie goes to wonka's office and everything is cut in half mm-hmm. and it's just like like why Mm -hmm. like i don't know like what does that mean does it what does it mean anything or is it just (laughs) is he just an insane person like is that supposed to be metaphorical who knows who cares um there's so many iconic things in willy wonka that and of course i'm talking of gene wilder's one yeah um because tim burton's one is a fucking disaster the only thing that's fun about that is that they are real squirrels in charlie and the chocolate factory like they trained real squirrels to do everything in that well that i'm still not impressed like, what do you mean? The squirrels? <laughs> like, you trained them. That's a fucking impressive. God, I hate that movie. Listen, let me go on a tangent real quick. Mm-hmm. So, in my opinion, mm-hmm. if we if we ever did like an episode of uh, like worst sequels or or worst remakes ever, mm-hmm. Charlie and Chocolate Factory, Tim Burton's is like my number, number one. one pick because that movie is so fucking awful. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> the uh the oompa loompas mm-hmm. are terrible the this the songs in the original are so iconic the songs in the new one are awful and like he's going like full-blown like rock and then he used like the one the like the only one guy and then he just like cgi them all over the place yeah and they're like this big and the, the everything about tim burton's charlie and chocolate factory i absolutely hate but the squirrels. The squirrels are cool, I guess, because yeah. they're real. <laughs> um, it's just so fucked up, that movie. Uh, so fuck that movie. Yeah. But the original Char- Ch- uh, Chocolate Factory, Finding the Golden Ticket, uh, the kid that gets like, the kid who's obsessed with like Westerns and gets oh, like yeah, stuck yeah. in like the TV. The world of the of the Chocolate Factory is such a mind fuck. The tunnel. Mm-hmm. One of the most iconic My scenes God. ever. Well, we did that in like scenes that scared us. Yeah. It's like, like this movie is so cheery and so heartwarming. And then you, and have, then you just this have scene. something that's horrible. Yeah. Like it just terrifies <laughs> you. And it's like, why is that here? Yeah. It's uh, it's truly, in my opinion, one of the, if not the most iconic uh, places in film history. Nice. Um, and absolutely had to be in there. Mm-hmm. And of course I consider it another character because the Chaka Factory has so much personality. Mm-hmm. And, it's uh, what we imagine the Twix factories have inside of them now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right so, side or left side. <laughs> I'm a lefty. Oh, me too. Yeah. Uh, fuck the right side. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, those are our picks for characters. Do you, I, have, I mean, yeah. I have two honorable mentions. Yeah, go ahead. Um, the the Celico, the ship from Alien. Okay. Just, I mean, you're, you're isolated. You're yeah. on that ship. Like, it feels very isolated. Um, and then the the cave from the descent. I haven't seen that movie. I, you know, I tried to rewatch the descent like within the past like three months, and I was like, this movie's awful. I really like the descent. I did not enjoy it at all. Maybe I I I, I couldn't get through like the intro. And, the like, ending is amazing. I don't remember it. 
I just like once they started getting like claustrophobic, I was like, all right, maybe, maybe. And then I just like ended up getting bored. I was like, man, this movie's not very good. Mm-hmm. But maybe, maybe if I rewatch it, I'll still say the same thing. Yeah. The ending's great though. Maybe. Where it's like, hey, oh, I got out. And then she wakes up and it's like, she's stuck in the cave. And it's like, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> fuck. I'm dreaming. <laughs> Um, what do you got to recommend then? So I wanted to recommend another podcast mm-hmm. of um, some people that I know that are, they just created it. Mm. Um, and it's called what kind of party question mark. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mostly know the girl who's like co-hosting it. Her name is Simone and she's out in Chester, New York. And they are basically starting a podcast that is kind of just having conversations with different people and getting different perspectives on life and, and just overall just understanding um, different people's perspectives and, and getting like, you know, opposed to in a world where we now kind of just anybody who has like an opposing opinion from you mm-hmm. gets like fucking shut down and canceled. Immediately. It's just like, like they're trying to kind of have like open dialogue and open conversations about, you know, why okay you have you have this uh, either an opposing opinion uh or you know whatever just an opinion of your own and like speak speak your piece and mm. and say it and and like let's listen and you know maybe we maybe we we have differences but we can still sit down and have a conversation with each other mm-hmm. um so yeah i just wanted to recommend their podcast because they're just starting out um they i think they only have like two or three episodes up um bear with them audio i'll be honest not the best but now there was ours when we were either is ours um but uh you know again not not it's just it's just a fun time they they have they you know i found myself laughing and 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 kind of being like oh wow that that was an interesting point pausing it and just thinking about what they were talking about and then and then continuing the podcast um so what kind of party um is is a is a podcast that i recommend and uh you know i'm all about supporting local creatives so uh it, it would mean a lot if you guys also supported them Anyway, uh, Zach, my turn for a yes. movie. What are so, we doing? I'm going to go in a somewhat similar fashion that you went to, mm-hmm. uh, where it's like, I would say there's a lot about the movie that is, that's feel good. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot about the movie that's not so feel good. Um, Antlers. <laughs> I've never seen that. Apparently it's good. Yeah. It looked, uh, the, Guillermo del Toro produced it. Yeah. Which means I'm not gonna like it. So. I know, I, um, <laughs> but Nightmare Alley looks great. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yes, it does. The one with uh, with uh, Bradley Cooper. Oh my god, it I thought that great. movie looked awful. I don't know what's going on with it. It looks great. I thought it did not look good at all. <sighs> and then of course Just I give saw, the man a chance. I'm, I'm I've given him many chances. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. um, a movie that I really enjoyed a lot, and again, it kind of it kind of had it had me like feeling the full gamut of emotions. I was laughing. I got sad. I, I felt it was like heartfelt. It was everything that I could imagine. And on top of that, Zach, it is one of my, it is probably, again, I've always say this, but it is taking place in my favorite genre of film, Western, which is a Western. And I am talking about a Netflix original called the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Oh, I've, I've it's, seen it, about this. It's the Coen brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a series of vignettes. So okay. it's all, it's all a bunch of different stories. Um, some of them are great. Some of them are are a little like, eh, maybe that I could have like maybe that one was okay. But again, it's like if it made me feel the full array of like everything. It's like, oh wow, this is really funny. This is really great. Wow, this is really sad. Wow, this is really deep and poetic. This is super metaphorical. This is heartfelt. <laughs> it has like everything. Okay. Um, so the Ballad of Buster Scruggs is on Netflix. 
I recommend you watch it so you can listen in on the conversation and be a part of it. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Now, Frank, what's that over there? Oh, nothing. Roll the credits.